Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. All right. Good morning. Thanks for joining us here today. This is the Laser Therapy Institute podcast. This is where we talk with healthcare providers about light and laser therapies. This is the uh, uh, first and, as far as I know, only podcast about laser therapy for healthcare providers specifically out there. This is all we do. We cover research uh, every two weeks. We do a provider-focused episode here for LTI podcast focused on the research because there's thousands of studies. We're never going to get through them all, but we'll try and bring a few really key ones to everybody every couple of weeks as we can. You do what you can. I mean, you <laughs> you get through more studies than anyone I know. Well, it's so, fun. And, and it's, it's fun it's, to hear the well, research. So. It's, it's good for me um, because I have the obligation to, to try and stay on top of a lot of mm-hmm. it. There's just so much to look at. It becomes difficult sometimes to really... Uh, uh, nail down some of the some of the great studies out there, um, and then studies that people want to hear about. Not everybody wants to hear about nitrous oxide versus um, <laughs> cytochrome C oxidase and the exact interplay on you know different wavelengths. They're just That's, coming out more fast and furious. They are. And so it, it's more on you to help us understand what's going on. Well, that's what it's about. Yeah. So it's yeah. good. Uh, my name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and certified medical laser safety officer. I'm also the founder of LTI, and this is Christy. Christy is our VP of Course Content Development, which means she puts together all of the course materials that our doctors take online, mostly almost all online courses. Mm-hmm. If you are interested in learning more about photobiomodulation in your practice, go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. There's a whole list of different courses you can take, uh, different uh, interests. Mm-hmm. As far as uh, you know, the complete package, neuropathy. Uh, we just launched a brand new course, Pretty Sports exciting. Med. Yep. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Great information. Yeah, a lot of really good info. If you're a sports med doc, if you're in the athletic realm out there and you want to be able to utilize laser or light therapies for what you're doing, this is a great course. It's mm-hmm. several hours of, of really, really mm-hmm. good content uh, with protocols and custom settings. So again, if you are uh, interested in the sports med side of light and laser therapies, definitely check that out. It's on the website. You can go over there now. Yes. 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 But today, today this is uh, this is a little bit more of a technical discussion. Uh, there are there's lots and lots of debate out there about penetration of light mm-hmm. and how it works, and you know, is it even necessary for the effects of photobiomodulation? Oh, I will not be able to probably get through all of this today. So Well, stand by for part two then. <laughs> maybe. It may be. Uh, I do have a couple of really good studies I wanted to bring up because they, they raise interesting thoughts uh, and they give us some good information as well. Um, so I'll give you the, the couple of, of uh, articles right off the top here. The first article uh, that we're looking at is titled, The Effect of Wavelength and Beam Width on Penetration in Light Tissue Interaction using computational methods. This is published in Lasers and Medical Science in 2017. And we're also gonna be looking at this study um, published in 2015. It's titled, Near Infrared Photonic Energy Penetration Can Infrared Phototherapy Effectively Reach the Human Brain? Which would be really the deepest target. Mm -hmm. 
for mm-hmm. photocoagulation. And this was published in Neuropsychiatric Disease and Treatment. Both of these studies are, these are not the end-all, be-all when it comes to penetration, mm-hmm. um, the discussion of it, or, or even, you know, what it means. But there's some really good info here. So uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to some of the initial questions that people usually have. Number one being, does it even matter? Does it matter if we have penetration or not? What do you think? Well, what I know, um, which is not as much as you, of course, uh, I think it, it matters just because it helps the stimulation of the blood flow. Yeah. Bottom line. So I think there is a part that matters. Um, I can't imagine it not mattering. So I don't, I'm anxious to hear what this is all about. Yeah. Well, that's the, the initial idea, I think, for most people is that, well, you have to get light to damage tissues. Mm-hmm. And it just makes sense from a, you know, a kind of a gut feeling perspective, I think. Mm-hmm. But we should always chat that with science, too. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. science is still fuzzy on this, actually. So, okay. um, you know, the, in, in this study, uh, first study that I gave you the title of, they say human skin is the interface between man and his environment. The wavelength of a therapeutic light source has a double importance, namely to ensure absorption of the incident photons in the target chromophores and to be able to do so at the depths at which these chromophores exist. Now, this particular study is very, very, very technical and it is very focused actually on the cosmetic and aesthetic applications of laser and surgical lasers as well with some overlap into photobiomodulation, the use of lower powered laser that's non-ablative. But essentially what they're talking about here is that if, if you're doing laser hair removal, what mm-hmm. you're doing is you're superheating that hair bulb and killing it. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, the light has to be absorbed in those tissues selectively at the right depth, otherwise it never happens. Mm-hmm. If the light's all absorbed at the surface, then you're never gonna kill off the, uh, the, the hair follicle. It would take forever. Because yeah. it's not reaching what it needs to reach. You'd have to, you just basically have to burn the skin all the way down past the hair follicle, which is, of course, unhealthy. Yeah, unhealthy. <laughs> yes. and, pain- and painful. And, and, and quite painful, <laughs> yes. Where, whereas if you use the right color, the right wavelength of light, mm-hmm. then what happens is the tissues selectively absorb different colors of light. And if you think about this, it's actually pretty simple. If you go outside on a sunny day, and you've got a white t-shirt on. How much heat are you feeling from sunshine? From sunshine, not a ton. Huh. Switch that for a black t-shirt. It absorbs and it you feel a whole lot more. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, and and that's just heat. But think of it as more energy. All right. So mm-hmm. you know, same thing with the hair follicles. You know, the hair follicles generally are going to be darker than the skin tone. And so the hair follicles soak up the heat from the laser when you're doing a hair removal laser. What does all this have to do with laser therapy, the therapy side? Cytochrome C oxidase and several other molecules within the cell, several other compounds within the cell, are that black Mm t-shirt. They are what absorbs certain colors of light. And because they absorb that light, they don't necessarily just heat up, but they become more energetic. When that happens, those components function better. Mm -hmm. That's really the whole idea behind light and laser therapies. There's a lot more technicality to it, but that's really it. You're just getting light to absorb in the right components 
of the right cells so that they can become more energetic. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 I think I would say, you know, penetration should matter. Penetration must matter, at least to some degree, um, because if you want to affect tissues, then you, you have to deliver light to the right depth. Well, if you're not trying to penetrate, what is the point of the different wavelengths? Mm. So that's a very good question because different wavelengths have different effects and different penetration abilities. So um, from the first study we, we were looking at there, um, flip back over to it, red light penetrates deeper than blue light. Mm-hmm. And that continues on up into the infrared spectrum also. Blue light really does not penetrate hardly at all. Um, it's very, very quickly soaked up by colored tissue. So blue laser is a great surgical choice if you're looking at somebody with a type 1 skin, very light colored skin, and they have, say, um, pigmented lesions, you know, moles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Blue is great because it will selectively target those darker tissues and it stays within the skin. It does not penetrate deep. Okay. So blue can have really good effects, but not on the penetration side. Right. Yeah. Because that's where the therapy would come in is because we're trying to target deeper tissues to help repair and promote the That's healing. the idea, yeah. yeah. There may be some effects, though, even in the top layers of tissues. A lot of the studies that have been done over the years have been done with red laser, which does not penetrate that far, mm-hmm. at very low powers and have seen really good results that we know at this point there's no way that light actually penetrated deep to those target tissues but still people felt better why would that be well we still don't really understand the precise mechanisms underlying photobiomodulation and the therapeutic benefits you know we we believe that this light in the wavelength range of 600 to 1200 nanometers has the most significant photobiomodulation capability so red to near infrared Um, but we still don't know exactly what happens in the tissues Mm -hmm. so there's certainly the possibility that even wavelengths that don't penetrate very far or low energy wavelengths could stimulate some level of change on a systemic level. There's a few factors for that. For one, we know that nitric oxide production goes up when you deliver light to the cell. That has positive effects, a lot of positive effects, and that also has a systemic effect because that can spread to other areas. We also know that there are increases in cell signaling and intracellular signaling between cells Um, or I'm sorry, within a single cell, and then intercellular signaling between different cells. A lot of that is mitochondrial-based. Mitochondria are a major, major signaler. So Mm -hmm. they could be signaling outside of the area you're actually putting your light therapy on. And then we also know, just from the last few years of research, that we have free circulating mitochondria in the bloodstream. If you're irradiating, you know, which is a rough word, I guess, if you're putting light on Mm -hmm. a, a bloodstream source, then you are actually... Uh, stimulating these free circulating mitochondria that then go throughout the body. Sorry, the visual there is, hey, come on, join me. You know, this new thing is happening and it's helping mm-hmm. this person heal and repair. I yeah. just see him going, <laughs> sorry, it's simplistic. No, no, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the idea here. That's exactly it, is that, you know, you're you're catching these travelers as they pass by and going, hey, this is great, let's do this, and then sending them kind of on their way to be your ambassadors mm-hmm. you know, throughout the rest of the body. Yeah. Um, all of this is, is fairly theoretical, but all of it has some level of implication to this issue of penetration. So most people get really interested in penetration 
when they start shopping for a laser. Okay. That, yeah. That's really mm-hmm. where a lot of this comes from. Mm-hmm. Unless you're just a researcher, then most of the time you want to know if the laser you're being sold or the light panel you're being sold, whatever it is, if it's got the penetration um, you know, that you need. Mm-hmm. So that's why this we're starting off a little bit more complex here because penetration is a complex issue. Mm-hmm. You do need some penetration, I believe. However, it's not the end-all be-all of light and laser therapies. So if you're shopping for a device and you're being sold on it, uh, you've got a salesperson giving you a whole bunch of information, you wanna make sure the information is getting that you're getting is correct, mm-hmm. that it's accurate, um, and that you're not kind of being led astray, taken advantage of, right? So let's discuss factors on penetration so that you can at least understand that side of it and get the light therapy unit that works for you. Uh, not everybody needs a class four laser, you know, not. It's just a fact. Not everybody needs one. We like them generally for most clinicians for a number of factors we'll get into here. That's not to say that you can't get great results from other units too. Maybe that's not a good fit for you and your clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe at this point you just don't have the money to be able to invest in one of the large uh, you know, class four therapy units. So let's go through this and that'll hopefully give you some level of confidence when you start talking about penetration. So number one factor is going to be wavelength. And I've got a really awesome chart that, um, Christy, I'll ask you to probably insert this on the recording. Okay. Um, uh, but I'll, I'll try and show you the, the paper version here. I couldn't find the, the um, I couldn't find the, the electronic version that shows up really nice. So we're just gonna look at this graph here for a second. And then Christy, you can do some magic if you would and we'll insert that graph. So if you look, I keep forgetting where the camera is, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not letting it focus very well, I don't think. But this graph shows the absorption of light in different types of tissue, like melanin, mm-hmm. oxyhemoglobin, and water. It also happens to show the IPL spectrum because this study, again, was looking a lot at cosmetic laser, mm-hmm. cosmetic light sources, and IPL is very, very commonly used for uh, hair removal and all kinds of things like that. But the point is, as you look at this graph, what you want to be looking at are these dips, these troughs in the different absorption patterns. And you'll notice on the upper end of that kind of 600 to 700 range, there's a huge, huge decrease and uh, I believe that's, of course, this is the black and white version. I believe that's oxyhemoglobin. And because of that, light in that kind of deeper red mm-hmm. does penetrate much better than light up at the, say, more, uh, more light red uh, kind of orange spectrum. Then it also does sp- spike up quite a bit. Again, there between 700 and 800. And then 800, we have another little dip. Starting a little bit before 900, we have water that becomes a major absorber of light. All these factors mean that these tissues, these tissue types, are chromophores. They're absorbing your light. They're basically stealing your light from where you want it to go. And so the more absorption, the higher up you go on this chart, the less light penetration at that wavelength you're getting into those tissues. So if you look at the chart, there's this very convenient little peak, um, or trough rather, right about 800, right about 680 or so, and also right about 
1064. Hmm. About 1050, right, right in that range. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that looking at the absorption pathways here, you should be able to get the most penetration out of an 800 nanometer laser mm -hmm. and a 1064 nanometer laser in that 1064 to 1050 area. Um, if you're looking at penetration, that's mm -hmm. not the only factor, you know, it, it certainly is okay. not. Uh, you, you do have a lot of nerve endings in the surface level of the skin. Mm -hmm. So maybe you want to deliver a lot of light to those nerve endings. Maybe you want to try and stimulate more blood flow. That's where your, say, 980 nanometer wavelength uh, really does well, 970, 980, somewhere in there. But if you're looking at penetration as a factor for you know the machine you're gonna you're gonna buy, you want more penetration. You need to have an 800 or a 1064, or a unit with multiple wavelengths. Don't possibly. spoil the surprise. Oh, <laughs> no, that's forget exactly right. what I just said. <laughs> more is better. Um, and we don't want to leave off red. Red does have mm -hmm. therapeutic benefit, especially at the shallow depths. Um, so red in that six, say 650 to 690 range. Um, right around the 800 nanometer range and right around that 1064 range, those are going to be some of the best wavelengths. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the, what some of the studies show, do the very, very best on some of these deeper tissue injuries as well. Now, one thing I've run into is that, oh, you'll hear a sales guy go, oh, well, you don't want that 905 nanometer laser, you want the 904. Just one digit difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... Uh, when you're patenting devices, uh, light therapy devices, you need to have something unique and okay. and you may decide that one way to do that is to give a different number, mm -hmm. um, even a different number than your than your diode actually might produce. Mm -hmm. Diode, laser diodes will produce essentially one type of light and it'll be measured in nanometers. It might be 800, it might be 810. There's a little bit of variation from unit to unit, even within the same manufacturer. So if it says 800, it might be 798, mm -hmm. or it might be 805. You know, that's okay. We don't have to stress about five or 10 nanometers difference. Once you get out, you know, uh, to you know, 50 nanometers difference, there, there is a difference yeah, there. Yeah. But just a few nanometers, really not an issue. Don't stress about it, all right? If it's an 810 versus an 800, it's okay. They're both fine. They're both fine. Uh, don't let the sales guys tell you, oh, this is going to be so much better. It, it's light, all right? It, it really mm -hmm. is barely any different. Um, so until you get, like I said, I, I would say that 50 nanometers is a, is a line where it becomes substantially you know, different. Um, I would not stress about 1 or 2 or 10. Yeah. So uh, get your, get your, if you're looking for deep penetration, you want your 800, you want your 1064, somewhere in that area. You also want to look at beam width or spot size. And I've got a couple of quotes from the study here on that as well. They say that as the beam width is increased, there's an increase in the depth of penetration. So the larger the uh, treatment area is, then that has important clinical implications due to its effect on penetration and light dispersion in tissue. With increasing spot size, there is a reduction in the amount of lateral scattering. This results in greater penetration for larger spot sizes. So that's the size of the light beam or the spot that you've got on your light device. The larger, the more penetration you get because it doesn't scatter outward as far. It mm -hmm. more travels down. Mm -hmm. They also say that lower energy densities can be applied when using larger spot sizes to achieve the same penetration depth for treatment. 
and I want to I want to read that because that is important. But I also want to clarify: you can't drop your power and drop your beam and excuse me, you can't drop your power levels and expand your beam size and get the same depth of penetration. If you're going to do a larger beam, you have to increase your power. We're talking about your radiance. So how many photons are hitting within a given spot size? If you've got a very small spot size at one watt, there's a pretty good concentration in there. Mm -hmm. If you just open that spot size up to say 40 millimeters, it's going to be more dispersed, much more dispersed. Mm -hmm. The energy level is lower. So what they're saying is you don't have to go as high as in energy density uh, on a large spot size in order to get the same depth of penetration. Uh, would you just increase the time? You, you something if you had a lower, smaller spot size or a wider beam? You can, but you will lose penetration if you mm -hmm. drop your your intensity too much. It's mm -hmm. just it's not going to hit it's the same. Hit it. um, if you compare, you know, two different lasers, one with a small power, a uh, low power level, and a very small beam size to a higher power, larger beam size, they can be identical in energy density. Mm -hmm. um, so the difficulty there is that in order to produce large power amounts, you spend more on a light, uh, on, your, on, your, on your laser device. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you'll see very low power lasers that are limited to very tiny spot size because otherwise you're losing mm -hmm. you know, uh, your, your beam intensity. So more time doesn't necessarily always equal the same results. You're right. not gonna have the same level of penetration just by having it sit there more time. You need a larger spot size. And most of the time, if you're gonna do a larger spot size, you need to have the capability of going into the higher power levels too, mm -hmm. so that you have the right level of, of power transmission. The other factor here is LEDs versus lasers. I've got another quote for you. They say that LEDs have significant spatial divergence, meaning the light goes outward quite a bit rather than traveling in one direction like laser light does. Mm -hmm. Therefore, a wide volume of space is radiated. However, within that volume, there's only a very small amount of volume that contains coherent light. Now, coherent light's actually not that important, I don't think. Coherent light is what you get out of a laser, but you really lose that coherence as soon as it hits a tissue, so it doesn't really help laser versus LED. Light is light. Light doesn't care where it came from, it's traveling along. Mm -hmm. If you've got an issue with LEDs, um, like the divergence, you know, they, they just diverge so quickly, put the LEDs right up against the skin. You're gonna limit the divergence mm -hmm. right there. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is gonna not be quite the same because that late, the light is not traveling straight down, but if you just get those LEDs right against the skin, then you're gonna minimize mm -hmm. a lot of that divergence and, and right. weakening. Right. Um, and the other thing is though, you know, you're covering a large spot size. So you're gonna have to have a high irradiance, a very high performing LED, which again, takes us back into the more expensive realm. You cannot buy a $50 LED and expect it to have the results of a $50,000 laser. It's no. not gonna happen. You, you just can't get the power out of it. You can't get the, 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 the penetration you know, the time gets ridiculous because right. it takes forever to, to deliver any level of energy. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at LEDs versus laser, your LEDs better be high irradiance, very high power, and you better be able to get them right up against the skin. If you're standing back from a panel just kind of basking in some red glow, that's great, but it's not really doing you any good. All right, next one, mm -hmm. pulsing and power. 
This is a big one because everybody wants to talk about power and how great power is. Power doesn't mean anything without talking about spot size. Mm -hmm. You can have very low power, very small spot size, and very high energy, right? Very high irradiance. You can have very large spot size, very low power, and almost no real clinical benefit. Right. But pulsing is another factor here. So, bring more quotes on this one, because this is probably surprising to a few people. They say that pulsing of near-infrared energy also increases the depths of penetration and the amount of energy delivered to any given point at that peak of a pulse. And then they go on to give us data using sheepskin and human skin. Here's some of the results that they found. A 15 watt 810 nanometer laser demonstrated a 67% drop in power density over two millimeters of skin, meaning that about 33% of the laser will make it through two uh, millimeters of skin. Two millimeters of skin is very, very small, mm -hmm. very small amount. Mm -hmm. And you're already losing a huge amount of laser. And that was a laser that performed the very best. 810 had the uh, lowest amount of drop. So when they compared that, and this is not maybe the best comparison. I don't. They're not giving us the spot size of these LEDs or the 15 watt laser. But when they compared that to a similar LED at lower power, 0.2 watts instead of 15, they didn't show any detectable energy getting through two millimeters of skin. Once they took the high power laser and used it in a pulsed mode, then they got a much greater penetration of light. The 15 watt 810 nanometer laser with a pulse frequency of 10 hertz had a power density drop of 66% across two millimeters of skin. That's, that's different, that's about, you know, it's a 1% difference. But when they go on to, um, when they go on to some other wavelengths, 980 is one, once they pulsed it, it only had a 39% drop compared to an 86% drop. Hmm. So pulsing the light, especially in certain wavelengths like 980, can make a big difference in terms of getting you better penetration. Power level to support pulsing has to be there too. Mm -hmm. When you pulse a laser, you're turning it off for bits of time, right? Mm -hmm. So you're losing your total power delivery you need to be able to keep your average power high enough that you can deliver a dose uh, in a reasonable time frame without just dropping the, the, the average power down to so such a minimal amount that it takes you forever. Mm -hmm. You gotta be able to keep that power level up. So all that to say, here's your takeaways. The big takeaway here is that more is better. Mm -hmm. You know, um, more larger beam size more power, mm -hmm. the ability to do pulsing, and the number of wavelengths that you use, mm -hmm. like you already said. Mm -hmm. Number of wavelengths matters because maybe you want all three 600, or you know, 650, 800-ish, and about 1064. Maybe you want to throw in the 980 in there. Maybe you want the 905, which has been pretty well researched for pain relief as well. Mm -hmm. All of them are generally going to be better than just one of them. Mm -hmm. So the more you have, the better it's going to cost more yes but you need to figure out what works well for you and your clinic 
and what you need. What are your clinical goals? You know, do you wanna deliver great results for people with diabetic neuropathy? You have to have a class four, large spot size, multi-wavelength laser. There's just no other way to do it. Mm -hmm. Are you more worried about uh, skin wellness, anti-aging, stuff like that? LED panels may work great for you. So if you've got questions on that, you can reach out to us. You can just email us, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Be happy to talk through your clinic needs. Uh, we are not affiliated with any particular light therapy distributor or manufacturer. We do some work with some uh, light therapy uh, folks out there sometimes. Um, but we will give you a very honest look at what we think will fit for you. Mm -hmm. And we can make some recommendations for you to look at and evaluate for yourself so you can make what you feel is a very good informed decision. If you have more questions on penetration, let me know. There are also a few other episodes we've done mm -hmm. on wavelength, and mm -hmm. penetration, scattering, and absorption. So you can always scroll back through the podcast looking at those. And additional information on the website. Just out there for the viewing. Yes, a lot of free stuff. A lot of free stuff. A lot of free stuff. It's, it's good mm -hmm. stuff. You should check it out. All right. I think that's it for today. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.